Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. It's so hard to track the impact that we have in this world in the course of one single day. For many of us, there are just so many different interactions in the course of a day, personally, professionally, with family, with those we love, with our co-workers, fellow students, just the ways in which our lives are intertwined. And if you really take time at the end of a long busy day or at the end of a week to trace all of those moments, all of those moments where we had an opportunity to elevate another person's life or we had an opportunity to be to be kind, to be aware, to be present, to notice something that we perhaps didn't notice because of our busyness and our distraction and all of the stories that we create within our minds about the nature of that particular relationship. This week we enter, we have entered into this parasha called Mishpatim. Mishpatim, which Mishpat is about justice or judgment, ordinances perhaps. Rabbi Shefer Gold in her book Torah Journeys actually translates uh, Mishpatim as impeccabilities, which I really like, impeccabilities. This idea that we're being called to be impeccable in our behavior. We're being called to be meticulous in the details, in the details. Because after that extraordinary, ecstatic event of Mount Sinai, which I talked about last week, the sense of everything being in an altered state, that synesthesia where it was just unknowable, anochi, that eye of, of God's voice, God coming down is sort of unknowable. And yet this week there's this transition into these extraordinary details of how to live ethical and spiritual lives with care and paying attention. Last year I was listening back to, um, now that I've been through a whole year's cycle, to to my conversation with Mora Yehudis Fishman on this same, on this same parsha last year. And I opened with quoting the title of, of, of a book by Jack Kornfeld, the uh, Jewish Buddhist scholar who, who wrote this book called After the Ecstasy, the Laundry. And I love that title. After the Ecstasy, the Laundry, the details, the details. We have to, if we really want to live lives with uh, open and full hearts, if we want to live lives that are, that are mindful, if we want to strive to enlightenment, um, Jack Kornfeld would say, we have to pay attention to those mundane details of our lives. But what the Torah is inviting us to do is to really 
lean into the possibility that we have in every moment to impact another's lives, whether it's a someone we love or whether it's a stranger or whether it's someone we hate, in fact. This extraordinary obligation. The Torah says, Ki uh, sonecha. When you see the, the donkey of your hated one, the person that you hate, your enemy, when you see the donkey of your enemy so overburdened with its load, are you just going to stand there and laugh? And unfortunately, we live in a world where perhaps we do do that. This sense of schadenfreude where we can so easily rejoice in the misfortunes of people that we don't like or people that we're in competition with or people that we perceive as our enemies. No, says the Torah. You're just going to refuse to help in that situation. The Torah demands that we again and again and again, when we see someone who we perceive as our enemy struggling or the property of our enemy overburdened, we have an obligation to help out. Can you imagine if we really did that as a society? It just feels right now, you know, it's just we're bombarded with news and the news of sort of the almost the celebration of our differences. When we look at how bipartisan our political landscape is right now and the, the hateful rhetoric that comes out and the blame from each side, people in Congress would, would relieve the burden of the person on the other side of the aisle. I hope so, but I fear not. And this Torah portion is so, is so full of important wisdom in how we interact with others in our lives. I know for myself, I can just miss moments through my own kind of self-distraction, through my own self-absorption. I can, I can miss a moment. I can miss a moment to really see what another person is asking for or what another person needs or how another person whether friend or enemy might be feeling overburdened and need some extra help from me the idea and the Torah by the way is mentions 36 times several in this parsha <laughs> 36 times the obligation to love the the gear the stranger the person who is vulnerable, the refugee, the person who we can, can dismiss as being violent and wanting to cause us harm, but who is actually escaping from harm and danger, and we have an obligation to help them too. But the Parsha is not just about the refugee and the stranger, it's about the people that we deal with every single day of our lives. And I know for myself, there are too many missed moments where somebody might be silently crying for help or asking us to see what they need and we don't see it. The details, that concept that God is in the details, 
God is in the details. It's not about the cataclysmic, extraordinary, transcendent moments where we feel so elevated, where we have some kind of deep spiritual experience, where we're carried away in our own prayer life or meditation life, and we, we feel this intimate connection to God. It's not about those moments, or it is about those moments, but it's about how we take those moments into our lives. How we take those moments into our lives so that it can impact every single personal relationship that we have. And it's a challenge, because sometimes when we have those transcendent spiritual moments, and then we come back into the main mundane reality of our lives, there's a sort of disconnect that can test and challenge us. And sometimes we fail those tests and challenges if we're so absorbed in our own desire to be spiritually connected that we, we don't actually see someone who needs our help. Then we're sort of missing the point. We're missing the point. And this Parsha is also the origin of all of the the laws of damages Nizikim, the laws of damages like our own liability because also in the course of a day like how how aware are we at tracking our personal liability and responsibility the Torah talks about a goring ox or a, a pit that we may have dug that somebody or somebody's animal might fall into or a fire that's caused damage Who's liable? The person who started the fire, like, who's liable? The owner of the ox, who's, you know, so thinking, we don't, most of us don't own oxen and, and donkeys, and most of us don't dig pits in our lives, but we all are creating, perhaps, circles around us where we have an impact, and thinking about that impact and our own personal responsibility for the way in which our actions and our property are impacting those around us is part of what it means to think about those laws of damages I mean not just in a legal sense but in an emotional and spiritual sense too and what's so amazing about this Parsha is that towards the end after Moshe has delivered to the people Kol HaMishpatim all of these all of these detailed laws, ordinances, judgments after Moses has has delivered this laundry list to the people they say apparently in one in one voice <laughs> they say in Exodus 24-7 and I love that it's 24-7 because this whole idea of 24-7 being um, the way we live our lives too often but the <laughs> Exodus 24-7 says Kol Adonai the people said everything that God has said very famous line which literally means we will do and we will hear we will do and we will hear meaning that we will accept upon ourselves the obligation to do these things to perform these mitzvot these holy opportunities to connect more deeply and be more ethical as a community and then nishma 
will gain an understanding or will 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 sort of grasp perhaps the the meaning later on but first we'll do it first we'll do it it's such powerful rabbinic midrash on that on that idea in fact it says that the the moment the rabbis say that at the moment that the israelites said na'asevanishma that they put the na'ase before the nishma they said we will do before we will hear or before we will understand in that moment 600,000 angels came down and gave to each member of the Israelite community two crowns a crown for the na'ase and a crown for the nishma a crown for the we will do and a crown for the we will hear because they they put it in that in that order, being willing to to take it on, before they fully understood the implications of what they were taking on. And the midrash also says that in that moment, a a butt call, a heavenly voice, came down and said, "Who who revealed this secret? Who revealed this secret to the to the people? The secret of the angels." Because angels, according to this midrashic idea, are ones who know that life is about about showing up and doing without necessarily having to understand. And so often we do want to understand. We want to know the, the, the small print. We want to know every single, obviously in a legal situation, if we're signing a contract, we want to know the implications of everything that we're signing on to before we we sign our names and yes the details of course are very important but if we get the general idea of what we're being asked to do and say yes we'll do it yes we'll do it just do it we overthink I know I overthink things so much I overthink and analyze sometimes at the expense of just of just being there in the right moment and sometimes I don't think enough sometimes I I I, I do it in a way that is not helpful or in fact can be hurtful to another person because I haven't thought through what I'm doing and it's a tension it's a real tension on the one hand we want to just act impulsively but impulse can sometimes be so damaging but we don't want to overthink Na'aseva Nishma is saying I get it I get it it's not just about those heightened moments that I've experienced I get that in order to be living an authentic life that the Torah is demanding of me I need to I need to show up I need to be aware I need to be able to see and be moved by the suffering even of someone that I perceive as my enemy I need to be aware of the plight of the of the stranger I need to see that the person that I'm closest to and that I love most is asking for something that I'm not seeing I need to show up I need to recognize that 
living a holy life is not about sitting on a mountain top in some state of permanent ecstasy but living a holy life is to pay attention to every detail of every relationship that I have through the course of a day and a week and a year and a lifetime that there are so many moments so many moments where if I choose Na'aseva Nishma I can be a fully participating member of a spiritual community that is offering love and comfort and strength so the invitation of this Parsha is to be impeccable to be meticulous to be present to show up to listen to see to observe how we might most be as my teacher Reb Zalman would say how how we might most be deployed in this world to show up with kindness and with love and presence and be able to say Na'aseva Nishma this is where I'm called and I'm gonna gonna do it and I might not know exactly what it is I'm doing in this moment but it will become revealed to me or it might not become revealed to me but I'm doing the right thing right now Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush and we will see you next time